Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm here with my bride, Daisy. Welcome, Daisy. Hello. Uh, we're grateful for all of you that are tuning in. We now have uh, listeners all over the world, and uh, we are grateful that you are uh, tuning in and also sharing this with people who you think that this would be beneficial for. The question that we have to tackle today is, how should a Christian respond to a hostile culture? And so if you don't think that the culture is hostile, and there's a good chance you probably haven't been getting out very much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's getting more and more hostile towards our faith. And um, I think, Daisy, for you, how have you kind of experienced that um, in just some ways in your life? I think, um, you know, I'll go online to different discussion groups, and there's, there's so much just thrown out without any explanation. Like, Christians are bad. Christians are the problem. Religion is bad, and um, and just maybe anecdotes about particular Christians that someone has encountered that they've had a bad experience with, and then you know that tends to inform the whole the person's whole belief about what Christianity is, and and so I, I see it all the time in that Christianity is a bad thing, and then um, obviously the news, you know, it's full of stories about maybe a Christian pastor who's, who's done the wrong thing or messed up. And so I think there's a lot of generalization going on that seems um, pretty overwhelming and, and pretty unfair. And I think it's hard for a Christian in our culture to sort through all of that and, and say, how can I represent Christ well? And is Christ even being represented well? Because it, it seems, if you just read and hear what's out there, that maybe, maybe Christ isn't being represented well right now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the go-to right now. So I think now. we're going to hit a lot of things, like in your doing a great job introducing, kind of scratching the surface of this situation that we're in. Uh, and we're going to do... Uh, we're going to unpack some of these things one by one. And I think the first thing is there is a new narrative. Mm. This new narrative is increasing more and more. And it is basically religion's bad and Christianity's bad. Um, and so that's an increasing point of view, an increasing worldview. But I guess here's where I would go, just as kind of a first. Let's, let's hit that first, Daisy. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's roll with that. Okay, so um, here's what my research shows. If you look at the... If you look at Africa um, and you look at, I think in the 19th century, there was a significant movement of Christian missionaries that were successful in sharing Jesus with the people of Africa. So much so that some, st some statistics say there are more African believers in Jesus than there are American mm -hmm. believers in Jesus right now. Um, and some of them are coming to our country to be missionaries. So mm. think of that. Yeah. Uh, and what we see in those countries is this. Uh, slavery is abolished. Education and literacy have improved greatly in these countries. There's hope for the disadvantaged and the poor. And then in addition, there's been economic growth in these countries. Mm -hmm. um, so that is kind of like my first uh, observation and research of this idea that mm -hmm. the Christian faith is a bad thing mm. for the world. Mm. Uh, there is also... John Dickerson, who is a or who was a skeptic, he wrote this book in 2019 called Jesus Skeptic. A journalist explores the credibility and impact of Christianity. All right, so 
He's like Lee Strobel, who previously didn't believe, mm -hmm. who was a skeptic, who is then going to just do his own research and see what he finds. This is what he found, found, and this is what he published. He says, nine of the ten best nations for women's equality are Christian populations. So Jesus raised and elevated the equality of women, so much so that when a culture meets Jesus, the equality of women is restored. Uh, Dickerson also reports that hospitals and formal philanthropy to care for the poor grew largely from Christian ministries, right? And so I think we could just say this as Americans, like Daisy, have all of our babies been born in Christian hospitals? <laughs> that's asking me to remember yeah, I, a lot of I things. Know. Well, that's a good point because these four children have caused you such fatigue. You can't even remember. Right, right exactly. <laughs> Memory loss. But... At least some were, of course. <laughs> yeah, so I think that if you're listening today, uh, there's a good chance you were born in a hospital that was founded by Christians. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of Catholics have been influential in the founding of hospitals in the world, which we know is a good thing. Um, and then also, throughout history, Christian leaders in Great Britain, U.S., Europe, Asia, India, Africa, the Middle East, South America, and Australia not only have led the way in securing our political, religious, and economic rights, so that's talking about freedom and liberty, but also have led the way in providing charity to the poor and needy. Mm -hmm. And we covered this on episode two when we saw that there was a great voluntary uh, reaction among believers to voluntarily give of themselves mm -hmm. towards the poor, that we're not just relying on taxes to do it, um, and we're not against taxes doing good things, but voluntarily is a much stronger thing when we're talking about humanity and narratives and what do Christians do. Um, and then also, final thing I wanted to say on this is according to Dickerson's findings. He says, while certainly many Christians were pro-slavery prior to the Civil War, the author learned that among the most influential abolitionists, the ones who worked most tirelessly to overthrow slavery. He could not find one who was not a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the most famous one is William Wilberforce, who his faith clearly led him to be extremely influential in abolitioning the slave trade in Great Britain. We also know that the Quakers, who are a Christian denomination, mm -hmm. were influential mm -hmm. in making an impact on Benjamin Franklin, who were, the, they're planting seeds in our country, which later led to the abolition of slavery. And that's also, let me just stop. This is not to get Christians off the hook who participated in this. Like, they were wrong. Correct. Okay? But I think what we need to look at is, all right, can Christians self-correct? Mm -hmm. Are there Christian beliefs that influence mm -hmm. good in cultures? Mm -hmm. And see, I would say that we would say the evidence shows that our Christian faith has led to doing good in society, not doing bad. Right, because you can focus on specific things or you can look at the overall trajectory of history. And sometimes a change isn't immediate, but if it changes over 100 years in a positive direction and you see who was influential in that change, I think that's, that's a better, better history to examine than maybe you know, just every certain event along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. So in other words, you're saying, let's look at the trajectory here. Let's look at how things have evolved and how things have played out. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're gonna find somebody messing up somewhere in every, <laughs> 
ideology, right? You're right. Uh, but what, what are we seeing as trends? Yeah. And I think that is a good historical thing you're bringing up, Daisy. Um, and then here is something that both Tim Keller has shown and also The Guardian wrote an article recently saying this, faith is on the rise and 84% of the global population identifies with a religious group. So what's the point? Religion isn't going anywhere. So you can argue all you want that it's bad, whatever. You know, people uh, are having a propensity to desire faith, mm -hmm. to desire a connection with the higher power, uh, to have a connection to their spirituality. And so the, the majority of the population on this earth is not just wanting to believe we are just here by accident and it's just all random and we have no purpose. Humanity isn't going in that direction. But what I would say is that's a testimony to the fact that embedded in us is a conscience that is connected to a higher power. Yes, for sure. So if people want to just get, just cancel the whole Christianity thing, good luck. Yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> good luck. Now, but now, you know, we've done like a little historical look that's really brief and quick. And what we're doing mm -hmm. is if you're listening and you're a believer, we're, we're trying to give a framework for thoughts, a framework for articulating our beliefs and perspective. And if you're a skeptic and you don't agree with us, we hope that we, you know, can, can show that we are uh, intelligent people that, you know, have faith and that there are reasons why we believe. It's mm -hmm. not just this blind thing that we're doing because our parents told us to. Mm -hmm. um, but let's bring it to the everyday. Because mm -hmm. Daisy, you've had mm -hmm. some friends in your life that are atheist and anti-Christian, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had some friends and still have friends that are atheist or agnostic and anti-Christian. And so let's bring it down to those conversations that pop up on a phone call or a group messenger thread or you're out at the pub and somebody just starts going after us, mm -hmm. right? You know, what, what is a good way for us to talk about how our faith has led to good in the people around us, mm -hmm. the people at our church communities that we all are a part of, and how is it leading us to do good mm -hmm. in our own personal lives? Yeah, I think um, what you bring up is just as our personal lives is a great place to start in that we can um, share from our personal experience and um, I think that says a lot to our friends because we're bringing our relationship and our experience um, into it and not just facts and figures and history but like what what is out there to be experienced even by them mm -hmm. and um, so I would just say um, it, it's hard for me when I, I hear that Christianity is, is such an evil, bad thing that is so destructive. And then, um, you know, I've, I've gone to so many different churches my whole entire life, interacted with so many different Christian communities. And um, I would say, yeah, of course, there's the person out there who is not representing Christ faithfully, but the overall majority, 99% of the people that I've interacted with in faith communities um, built of Christians around churches has been so positive and so loving 
and um, just seeing my children and my family being supported and surrounded by love. So many Christians going out of their way to um, love and serve other people without any benefit to themselves. Um, so many churches involved in different um, like homeless outreach, food banks, tutoring underprivileged children. I mean, the, there's so many things that Christians do that they don't get anything out of themselves. They do it because they love Jesus. And um, there's just so much good that Christians are doing and so much love and so much community um, that it's hard to, to hear this overall narrative about how Christianity is a bad thing or how religion is hurting people. And I would say on top of the good that Christians are doing, um, we've seen so many people who were in a bad place in their lives, alcoholism, drug addiction, um, bad family life, bad divorce, that have really found community, they found faith, they found hope, and they've um, just come to such a better place in their lives because of the hope that they found in Jesus. And um, it's just so beautiful to watch somebody who um, is in such a bad place and how their lives just transform and then they're just glowing and their whole, per their whole person is different. Um, it's hard to say that like Christianity is a bad thing in that situation. Right, so in other words, you're hearing this narrative but your experience is the exact opposite of the negative narrative. Yes. But the positive narrative is uh, a homeless man who meets Jesus, uh, who's transformed by Jesus and who is now a pastor. And that's a friend of ours in mm -hmm. Oregon. Yeah. There's a couple that we know who they are passionate about a Christian homeless shelter in downtown Denver. Mm -hmm. And that's just like in their retirement, they're not focused on cruises every week. They're focused on you know, helping the homeless. Um, and then there are, you know, like you said, uh, there are gangsters who have met Jesus that are now pastors, and then they're going back to minister to people that are in prison just because they want to share Jesus with them. Um, and then in our own kind of, let's bring it down to earth, like to just other people that we have encountered, just there's a, a friend of ours uh, back in Oregon who was an atheist alcoholic, met Jesus, uh, started to really grow and blossom, and now he's a pastor uh, back at the church we came from in Oregon. And then here in Denver, just recently, there's somebody who met Jesus, uh, got sober. Uh, she was an alcoholic. Uh, she's sober now. She's now found faith, hope, and love, and a community in Christ to encourage her. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, this doesn't sound bad, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, this sounds good. And so I guess what we can say, though, for... Uh, those of you who are listening that simply just want a way to talk about your faith is, I think what we can say is, Jesus is leading me to be loving and compassionate towards people and to give people hope. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, like if I said that to one of my friends, mm -hmm. they're, they're not going to punch me. Like they're going <laughs> to say, okay. You know, like, you know, what, what can you say? So I think what we need to start doing is, how is Jesus impacting our faith positively and um, I think also we need to be clear about this too. Our faith isn't about us. Our faith isn't about us being perfect. Mm. Our faith is actually that we are sinful, imperfect people who will mess up, but our whole faith is in a perfect savior who's coming to save us from our messing up. Mm. 
Mm. So like, we need to make that clear too, that yeah, we, we do see Christians doing good, but yeah, Christians are gonna mess up, but our faith isn't in Christians. Right. Our faith is in Jesus. Can I, you know, and so this Jesus claimed to be God and he died for our sins and rose again from the dead and he's given us new life and he's given me a new, new life. He's given me a brand new start in life and he's forgiven me all of my sins and reconciled me to God. Uh, so I think it's an opportunity to, you know, not argue that Christians are all amazing. Mm -hmm. We can bear witness to what we see positive. Right. But we can bear witness to that Jesus is amazing. Yes. And with that said, just to just throw this in, because I, I can at this point in the podcast. Like, if you want to look at somebody who I think I don't see a lot of people hating on too much, mm -hmm. it's Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. But why? You can hate all you want on his football. I don't care. That's not the point of this podcast, right? <laughs> right. We're talking about fighting for human trafficking. Mm-hmm helping people with special needs. Mm -hmm. No one I know is hating on him for doing those things, mm -hmm. right? So in other words, to wrap this unit of thought up, when Christians are doing good and we're focused on Jesus, I think we have a powerful way to approach the culture that's mm -hmm. saying this narrative about us. Mm -hmm. All right, so Daisy, here is the second place I wanna go with you. Okay on this podcast is this when, and this is the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to our polarized political culture, mm -hmm. how does your faith lead you to tackle an issue mm -hmm. kind of in your life that mm -hmm. is controversial or highly political? Mm -hmm. I think, um, through the years and getting so much teaching from different places, going to you know churches my whole life, but going to a very liberal college that was very anti-Christian. Um, I think you just come to a place where you learn like you you've got to know what Jesus says about this subject first, mm -hmm. or if that you know specific subject isn't addressed in Scripture, like how does Jesus think about other people? And I want my, myself to think about other people the way that Jesus does and hmm. to value every person and know that they have worth and know that Jesus knows that they have worth and come to them with compassion knowing that each person does have a history and each mm -hmm. person is coming from a certain situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't ever want how people view me as someone who just has a political agenda or is thinking in terms of politics. I want to be known for thinking in terms of, of Jesus and what, right. what his view of the world is. So the first thing that you ask is, what does Jesus say? Not necessarily, what does my political party say? For sure. Okay. So now, how do you think that could be a win for followers of Jesus in our country right now if we start to approach conversations that way, or even to approach our faith life in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, it, for one thing, it'll help us think through things a lot more clearly, instead of just jumping on saying, hey, I am a Republican, therefore I think this way, or I'm a Democrat, therefore I think this way. I don't think that's healthy for anyone to think that way. I think it's much, much more productive for a society, for each person to evaluate each issue in terms of their worldview and 
how they see other people and in terms of compassion and love and caring for other people in this world. Okay, so in other words, when we hit a topic, I would say it's an opportunity to Christ, for Christians to share our values about that topic. Mm -hmm. So if the other side doesn't hear the value we have, then we're not gonna get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And also what I, would, what I would tell you is often we do have the same values uh, and maybe we have a different way to reach the common goal we have. But mm -hmm. like, how powerful would it be if Christians say, like, you know, what we, what we did on our first podcast is we believe in life. We, we, we like life. We don't like death. Um, or if we, you know, if we want to hit just a few, you know, controversial issues, um, like when it comes to the issue of guns, mm -hmm. what if we started with, uh, we want more people to be alive and less people to die because Jesus says to love one another. Mm -hmm. Okay, like, like what if we started the conversation that way before we jumped into what legislation is going to be the best to obtain that? Mm -hmm. Or when we talk about African-American people in our country, what if we started with Jesus leads us to see that all people, regardless of their race, have equal dignity, value, and worth, and we want... We want black people not only to matter, we want them to be extremely valued. Like what if we just started there and then how, now the legislation or whatever or the approach to get us there is another topic, but think about how the conversation changes mm -hmm. when the other side sees that we are loving and compassionate people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I think that what we're doing today is we, we're trying to give a framework for followers of Christ to talk. Because Daisy, wouldn't you say that it's very easy historically when totalitarian regimes pop up for Christians to get silent? Mm. Yes, well it's much easier you initially. And it's much easier initially. It's much easier initially, but then what if things really start going south? Mm -hmm. And we've been silent for so long. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about these things in ways that are respectful, in mm -hmm. ways that show our values and show what Jesus has taught us? And maybe if we start with our values, that will change our own perspective, too, on how we approach these issues. Instead of jumping on the political lines that we've heard over the years, maybe we can start thinking through them. Mm -hmm. more ourselves absolutely and it sounds like what you're saying is Jesus existed long before the Republican Democrat parties <laughs> yes <laughs> okay so like in, in Jesus existed God has been present before America mm -hmm. in different cultures different continents different you know setups when it comes to political parties etc and so I think we have to start to think all right what does Jesus say about this? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to approach people with love and compassion? Mm -hmm. All right. Very good, Daisy. And then finally, I think a big thing that people say is there's just no science. Hmm. You're just all based on faith. Mm -hmm. And when they say faith, I think they mean like you're just taking this leap. Mm -hmm. But there's no evidence to back it up. But you know what? I think we've shown on previous podcasts that there's also a leap to believe that we're just here randomly, that this is all by accident, and that there's no higher power that is behind 
how complex the world is and yet how mm. beautifully it works together. Right. And so I think that what we've shown in previous podcasts, if you missed the podcast with Dr. Phil Barnard, we covered, you know, why do we believe God exists? Mm. I think that's a good one, you know, when it comes to this issue. But what I would say is this, Daisy, though many today believe science and faith are incompatible, committed Christians like Isaac Newton, Johannes Kepler, and Blaise Pascal all played key roles in la launching the scientific revolution. Mm -hmm. And so there are scientists that are believers, and there is evidence of a higher power and intelligent designer putting this world together. Um, I have a book that's behind me right now called Baker's Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics. Mm -hmm. It's written by a man by the name of Norman Geisler, very, very famous Christian apologist who's now passed away. Hmm. Uh, but that book is 850 pages, and it's like a summary of his whole ministry, and it's topic by topic showing the evidence and the reasons why we believe. Hmm. And Daisy, I know you said you went to a university that was definitely not pro-Christian when you attended it, and I don't think it is now either. No. <laughs> um, but despite the fact that some universities are now openly hostile to Christianity, uh, Dickerson, John Dickerson that I referenced earlier in the podcast, discovered nearly every leading university in the world was founded by Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he says, remove Christians from the last 500 years, and the evidence suggests we would be much closer to the illiterate average person of world history. That is, without the Christian-founded norm of public education, the letters on this page would make no more sense to us than they do to a chipmunk. That's what he wrote. So we'd be in a very different place had Christianity not changed cultures. Exactly. And so if, if you're listening and you are a follower of Christ, we would say dive into the reasons why you believe. Mm -hmm. Dive into science. Mm -hmm. Know your stuff. I mean, we're not saying you need to be Norman Geisler, <laughs> but I think that uh, our faith is not blind. Mm -hmm. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, be prepared to give a reason why you believe. And so I think we should be intelligent, educated people. And I think that uh, we have in a, a some of our previous podcasts covered, like, why Jesus? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, we unpacked evidences for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I mean, that's what caused me to get off the fence mm -hmm. and take a leap of faith in my own life. Mm -hmm. So, again, just to wrap this up, Daisy, um, Christians are not perfect, right? Yes. We certainly aren't. Nope. Um, but we're pointing people to a perfect savior. Hmm. Um, and so my faith isn't in Christians. <laughs> my faith is in Jesus. Right. And so I pray that if you're out there and you're like, I don't know about this Christian thing because I've encountered too many hypocrites, which maybe that's another whole episode. Hmm. I would say, hey, it's not about them. It's about the hierarchy. The hierarchy is led by a king <laughs> and his name is Jesus Christ. And so if you like him, you probably ought to consider his claims about who he is, who you are, how we can have a relationship with God, and dive in, because it's critical to salvation, which is salvation from sin, death, and having eternal life 
And so if you're listening today, we encourage you to dive in, consider his claims. Jesus is good. Jesus gives us life and hope and meaning and identity. And we hope that everyone listening has a relationship with him. Daisy, any closing thoughts that you have? Or do you think that we covered some, all the things you wanted to today? Yeah, I mean, I would just say you, you said dive in and there's just so many resources out there that are scientific that are um, biblically based. And so I think um, often people say, well, I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to address this issue. Well, I encourage you, if you're interested and you feel like you don't have enough information on this issue, like just look at the resources out there and get a little bit more educated so that you can feel confident in what you believe. Don't, don't like you, you said you were on the fence. Don't be on the fence forever. Like at, at right. some point, you got to choose whether you believe or not. So I would encourage you to do what, what you need to do to answer the questions in your life because there's so many Christians throughout history who have provided a way for us to get answers to those questions. They don't have to be something that is mysterious for the rest of our lives. Thank you for tuning in today. Daisy, it's always awesome to have you as my bride with me on this show. Thank you. So thanks for being here. Um, if you were blessed today, uh, we want to encourage you, if you share it with somebody who you think would like it or be interested or could be uh, encouraged by it, um, and we want to also encourage you to follow wherever you podcast. And if you have a question that you want us to answer on this podcast, you could submit it to hello at sjdenver.org, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.